This is your host of the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast. I'm Leisha Holmes, and I just wanted to say thank you for choosing to listen to our episode. Now, before we start, I would like to thank our sponsors, Hoxo Media and Vincere. I will explain a bit more about them later on in the episode as to how you, our listener, can benefit from a unique discount by mentioning the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast when you contact them. Now, remember to click subscribe as you're listening now to get notified of every new weekly episode of the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast. Without further ado, let's jump in to the episode. This is Leisha Holmes and I'm your host on the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast and I am beyond excited to welcome to our global community today, somebody that I've had the absolute honor of meeting him in real life in person, but also getting to know very well during the pandemic. Uh, this is Louise Tryons. Louise, welcome to our channel today. How are you? I'm great. Thanks so much for having me. You are very welcome. And for those few people that go and watch on YouTube, I have to say you've got probably one of the best, coolest backgrounds of anyone I've ever met. It's a real background, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. And I have to position my head. For anybody who isn't watching, it's basically almost like an enormous crown or peacock feathers. But I've got to, I've got to stay completely still or else my head's not central. Yeah, no, you actually coordinate very well with it. I have to say, no, it is a beautiful background. But we'll make sure we get a photo so we can share that when we send, when we send it out into our channels and our ethers. So for those who are, for some reason, living under a rock somewhere, who are not yet familiar with what you do and who you are, please give us a synopsis of your background and what you do. So um, I have been in the recruitment space for 30 years now. Um, a long, long time ago, I started out working for a recruitment agency. They did a bit of everything. They were contingency, exec search, high street, and then some other random thing that they did on top. Um, and then 20 something years ago, I said, I've had enough of this. Various things happened and I was, um, I'm going to do something else. And my dad was teaching business people how to use the internet, uh, which is absolutely hilarious. So he was doing this course called um, Web for Business, or Web for Managers. And I said, you know what, headhunters, headhunters should be using the internet. And I helped him to build this course and um, sold it to exec search firms and then the community came from that and 22 23 years later I'm still in that space wow that's amazing I didn't know that about you dad actually and what a gorgeous provenance that you've got that that's how it kind of came together it's great so we got to know each other very well from 2020 because we did a show for you on Crowdcast so tell us a little bit about what Crowdcast is for those who are not yet familiar yeah, so that's something which has happened for me in the past uh, couple of years is I've started working with them. But back in 2013, I had this kind of idea that we ought to be doing video live broadcast in, in the recruitment space. Um, and so I started doing a load of Google Meet shows um, with a guy from Colleague Software, uh, Mark Stevens and Alan Whitford, who's sadly not with us now. And we were doing these fortnightly hangouts on Google Meet. And um, then we moved into thing called Blab, which was an amazing platform you could just kind of start a show and chat with people and other people it was I guess like an early clubhouse almost but with video um, and then they actually just disappeared so I started using Crowdcast which is a Zoom alternative but much better um, and I've been using them since 2017 to do live video broadcasts and, and you have a, I had a show on there which was superb but I started working for them in 2020 and there was this thing called COVID, which impacted some of us. And um, I was like, I might need some extra work. And um, well, I've still got my gig with them alongside all the other stuff. 
going to say all the other stuff and tell us about UK Recruiter. Yeah, so it's a community site essentially. It's a um, like an old-fashioned um, online, but no, like an old-fashioned trade publication, but much more modern. It's the um, longest-running newsletter in the recruitment space. Uh, we do physical events, we do online events, we do stuff for startups, right through to business um, owners. Uh, very focused on the recruitment space. Um, agency and in-house I mean I called it UK recruiter slightly limited myself there um, but we do have a global audience yeah I was gonna say maybe you need to think about rebrand mm. too late now yeah no it's, it, I think people know know that's who you are and that's what you do and you also in your spare time you're a vice chair of Menorahs oh yeah I work with Steve O'Donnell He's coming on at some point. He is coming on. He's booked in the diary. You'll be pleased to know. I finally got him on. And I'm hoping his little Stephen will come on the screen. Yeah, his little creepy dancing Stephen. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, that's 20 years I've been uh, working with him on the National Online Recruitment Awards. So, yeah, very much enjoy doing that. And I actually love the job board space. I'm going to be running a conference for job boards in October, which is super niche. And I know we're going to talk about events and niche is good. Yeah, okay, well, that's a very nice way. I like the way you've just brought it back around to what we're going to talk about today. So as we record this, uh, the world has opened up now. You know, we've gone through, you know, the most horrendous economic and health pandemic that any, any of us could have ever predicted. And now that we know that ultimately we won't go back into any sort of lockdown, events of all sorts, you know, weddings, christenings, bar mitzvahs, funerals, all sorts will, will go ahead as will business events. And, you know, I see you as the expert, having been, I came to an event of yours in 2018 in London with Alex Moyle. Uh, that was a real life event. So I've always seen you as the expert as the go-to and clearly now we know the, your sort of amazing provenance within the sector. So for our global audience, as they think about how to connect to their communities, how do you think recruiters and recruitment leaders can actually help to build their communities effectively by hosting events? And that could be real and, well, in-life ones and virtual ones. It's quite a lot to talk about there. We briefly interrupt this chat on the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast to introduce to you our partnership with Vincere, the recruitment operating system. Vincere is the modern recruitment operating system for recruitment and staffing agencies around the globe. A single tech platform that unifies your CRM, your ATS, your website, candidate and client portals, shift scheduler, timesheets, data and analytics, and now including video interviewing and outreach all under one roof. This is the reason the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast chose to partner with Vincere because we want to make the job of a modern recruiter as simple as possible. So if you're looking for a new recruitment CRM to manage your entire operation, visit vincere.io and remember to mention the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast. Now, back to the chat. Yeah, and there's there's almost another tiny part of it, which is about, I mean, we're going to talk about hosting your own events, running your own events, building your own communities through events. That's what I do want to talk about. But there is also something to be said for attending other people's events, because if we all hosted our own, nobody would go to anyone else's. Um, so um, one of the things I've always been really careful of over the years is for, for the love of God, don't duplicate something which already works. Don't create this event that somebody else is already running, which is amazing. You don't need to do that. Um, so you, you, part of what you're thinking about is what's already out there that I could get involved in. 
and then what isn't out there that I could create um, where there's a need for it. Um, so I think about, um, I don't know, maybe 15 years ago, I used to run some tweet ups in. Have you ever been to a tweet up? No, but I think I got invited one, but why didn't I go? I just remember that term. Wow. <laughs> So Twitter meetups, and they were fabulous. Um, and um, I was running some in my local um, area in a local hotel. I do no work in my local area, um, I, but you know, I like to socialize and I was running those events, but you can't have two people running tweet ups in Reading or Cambridge. It just doesn't make sense. You have one. So if you're thinking about doing things, see what's already out there. Don't replicate, duplicate something which is already there. Um, and then think exactly what you said in real life, online, what's the format? And we'll talk about some of these things. So I would love your opinion on them. Um, but but almost you need to think about what your objective is, is creating a community. What's the best way to engage that community? And your podcasts are an event of sorts. You're bringing people together through that podcast. And if you can give them a way to communicate with each other whilst they're sharing that experience, you've built a community. Yeah. So it's maybe not overthinking it actually. So it's starting with, from what you've just said there, it's starting with your why. So if you are do, if you're thinking of creating an event because you want to achieve X goal, actually, could you do that by being an attendee? Yeah. 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 So what's the protocol with that? I mean, is there an etiquette? So let's say I think I'm going to go and host an event that's a bit, let's say like a rec expo and let's just, I'm, I'm going to call it rec to rec expo or something else, something ludicrous. You know, is there an etiquette to me then going in? I don't want it to be seen as someone that plagiarizes, but no. what the behaviors are for attending an event. It's because some people listening might have never actually attended an event before. If particularly we have a lot of people who have recently entered the, entered the industry, they might be thinking, well, I'm going to one soon and I don't know what to do. So what, what's the end? Yeah. So it, I think that it's a bit like when you come into the recruitment industry, um, there's this school of thought that you could just set up your own recruitment business, but maybe you join another recruitment business and get your grounding there and your learning there and see what they're doing and understand those skills. So you have a better idea yourself. Um, and I think events are a little bit like that, that uh, broadly speaking, the world would be a better place if everybody who created an event had been to one. Yeah. That's my experience. Um, so if you are thinking, do you know, I, I specialise in pharmaceutical recruitment in Cambridge um, and um, I'm thinking about setting up an event. Probably what I would do is I'd look more um, across the whole of the UK. What sort of events using? Think about the keywords. It's like searching for jobs. What are the keywords that someone else is using to advertise this? Who are my competitors doing similar things? Um, and I've had people who've come to my events to say, I'm thinking of doing something similar to you, but in a very slightly different space. Can I come along? And that's totally cool. So if you're thinking of setting up this event in Cambridge and you can see one in Leeds and you're never going to recruit in Leeds, Go along to the Leeds event, get in touch with that recruiter. Um, you know, that kind of cooperation um, and that kind of like, yes, we're in competition, but we don't need to compete on this is well, cool. That's what collaboration is. And that's become, I think, from a cultural perspective, our industry has embraced that certainly over the last two, three years, hasn't it? More so than it probably did do pre-pandemic. Do you know, it, it has, absolutely, but there has always been much more collaboration, I think, than people would have expected. I ran events for recruitment directors at um, RBS for 10 years, and I remember that very first one, and um, people said, you're not going to get recruiters, direct, recruitment business owners in a room with other recruitment business owners, and of course I did. 
Yeah. So, no, it, yeah. It's really, when I did the event for you, for you and Alex in Manchester, in, was it 2018 or 2019? I'm trying to remember now. It would have been 2018, I think. 2018. And, you know, I had to get, I think it was 60, 60 people and it was all recruitment directors, you know, basically load of my clients. And everybody was chatting. There was no kind of bravado. It was actually a really nice environment, safe environment for people who are peers you're all doing the same job so I think that's a really good first point to make that from an etiquette point of view don't go with the assumption that people are going to be guarded or you know that you're going to steal business off anybody actually you can share and we can elevate each other by sharing information can't we um, and that that's the second point when you run your event is thinking about what the content's going to be so is this going to be an opportunity for people to collaborate for kind of um thought leadership I hate that expression uh, thought leadership sessions is it going to be peer-to-peer -peer kind of um, breakout sessions is it going to be just a social what are you wanting to actually um, share with these people what's the experience going to be like for them and when I organize events I'm always thinking about what the experience is going to be like for the attendee and for anybody who's speaking so when you're thinking of doing that event think about that you need to have a pull for them to come obviously but when they're there that experience has to be right yeah so I used to run these events at Tiger Tiger in London and they were just essentially a massive great booze up and now I just wouldn't run that event that's not okay I think we've got to be so much more aware of the individuals who are coming to the event that's turning off a lot of people who either don't drink or don't want to be in that environment or don't think that's where you do good business yeah. um so, so bear that in mind on that note if you're thinking of organizing a golf day bear in mind you're probably going to get a bigger audience of just men is that actually what you want mm -hmm. um I had somebody who said I was going to do some round tables and they were going to do whiskey tasting and it was amazing fun but we switched off from anybody who didn't drink no opportunity for them to take part and it was all men yeah no, I totally agree with you that you've got to think a little bit more creatively now and otherwise you but actually and I want to come back to your first one of your first points you said niche was good. So is that what they were doing? Were they effectively niching it or not? Ooh. They were niching, they were niching it in a way I don't think was right. So yeah, niche is good. Okay. So on that note, so say that you were running this event for pharmaceutical um individuals in the pharmaceutical industry in Cambridge, that's the sort of niche I'm talking about. And in order to attract that niche, you get the speaker who they really want to hear from. Who is the person who is going to make them come to an event at the end of their work day? What's yeah, going yeah. to get them there? It's probably not going to be that you're at the Hilton and there's a free bar or it's an afternoon tea. It's probably going to be that speaker or the opportunity to learn about something. Um, also, don't just set your sights on an event at the end of the day. I've seen some amazing events organised by recruiters on weekends. And you might be thinking nobody wants to cut into their leisure time. But for the right speaker or the right experience, they will. Yeah, now I was going to say, actually, I think to me... If I was to give up my time, whether it's during the workday or at the weekends, it would be the value that I'm going to learn from that person. So I think it's thinking about people of influence within your industry, as opposed to it just being your voice. This isn't about you promoting yourself. It's not self-promotion, is it? Ever. No, you'll be really careful of that as well, is that you, you want to become the hub, but probably without speaking too much. So I never talk at my own events, ever. I mean... 
I very rarely do podcasts or anything like that. I, I'm bringing people together. And that's what you will do as a recruiter who are looking to build a community through events. You're going to think, who do I know who I can use to be that bridge? Um, and don't underestimate the value of a speaking opportunity as well. So if you're looking to run events, peer-to-peer -peer speakers, if you've got somebody, a client you're really trying to get into, AstraZeneca, and you cannot get in front of that product manager at AstraZeneca, Ask them to be your speaker, not your attendee. Yeah, no, it's, it's clever. And it's, you know, they're, they're going to add so much value to your audience. So that then has an attraction for your talent pools. But actually, like you say, that's showing them. And ultimately, it's showing them that you value their opinion in the market. I think it's just cl clever a way to do sort of business development. Because let's face it, that's ultimately what this is doing. It's creating value proposition for you. And that's, that, that's the means to it. So many events have um, a virtual and a digital element to it. So a lot of recruiters, you know, do we have the skills to be able to do all of these things? What are your views on having a third party running events for us? What would you say about, because then, then immediately your brain goes to cost versus return on investment. What are your views on using third party specialists for, for that point of view, making it an immersive experience? Okay. So I just wanted to break away from the chat for 60 seconds to talk to you about an issue a lot of agencies are facing right now and what one company, Hoxo Media, are doing about it. There's a lot of talk about what it takes to be the quote unquote modern recruiter, personal branding, building an online presence, finding new and innovative ways to engage the market, whatever your market is. It's an approach most businesses are fumbling around with at the moment, to be honest. Meanwhile, Hoxo have absolutely nailed it. They are arguably the world's foremost marketing agency dedicated exclusively to the recruitment sector. And they've worked out what recruiters need to do to see tangible success through online activity. They've developed a proven methodology to follow on LinkedIn daily to establish you, you, as the go-to recruiter in your space and drive inbound leads and new business opportunities on a consistent basis. Now they teach it all to you over an eight week course in the Hoxo Academy. I actually completed the Hoxo Academy in the very height of COVID and it completely transformed my business. In fact, it paid for itself by the end of week two. The best place to find out more about Hoxo Media is to check out their website, hoxomedia.com or search for them on LinkedIn and give them a follow. They give away an absolute ton of valuable advice and actionable tips for free. But if and when you're ready to seriously invest in your online brand, give these guys a shout, but make sure to tell them that Leisha from Key Recruitment sent you and just quote the podcast, the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast, and they'll give you a cheeky discount as well. Not bad, eh? Now, back to the chat. So cost was going to be the next thing I come on to, but I will after that. Um, yeah, we're doing well. So, um, uh, so hybrid events, you have to have a big budget to be thinking about how do I put on something like a conference which has got a hybrid element? And I absolutely think you can. You've got kind of two choices here. It's either dip my toe in the, in the water with the equivalent of a tweet up or an after work social or a small group lunch or go big. And if you're going to go big, then yeah, absolutely. Your core business is recruiting. Your core business is not event organizing. Um, so the, the point I was going to make about cost is there's two costs. There's time cost and then there's cost cost. And you're kind of like measuring them against the, the what, what you're going to get the return. 
the actual value you're going to get from it. Um, so don't ever make the mistake of suddenly turning into an events business. That is not what you're doing. And I don't know whether you'd agree with that. It can be really time consuming, can't it? Oh, gosh. I mean, obviously, the support I had, because obviously I can only relate to what, what I did with you and Alex, the support I had from YouTube was just unbelievable. Because effectively, it was almost like a franchise of what, you, what you'd already done and what you were already doing. And um, it was very time consuming. That was me and Shannon, as well as the day job. So therefore, for me, a virtual event, I think is, I don't want to say easier, but if you are thinking about doing it for the first time, it, it's a lot less scary and a lot less daunting doing a virtual event, because also then you've got something tangible to share out. That's the thing about a real life event. There's, unless you've got a professional videographer there and you've got, you know, again, it's still cost, cost, cost. A virtual event, if I think about what Ian Nelson and I did with the Recruitment Shining Star Show on Crowdcast, we had something tangible, an evergreen, forever. You know, the shows were there for whenever anybody needed to drop in if they couldn't actually attend the events. So and real life versus virtual. Yeah, and absolutely. What you're doing is you're producing content. And we all know that content is really important to position yourself. And you should always be thinking about the ways in which you can produce content. So doing a virtual event where you've got the pre-event content which is the you know the run up to that all the ways in which you talk about this event you're going to run which positions you even even more so than just the fact that people are attending the event everyone's seeing you're doing it um and then the actual event itself and then yeah those recordings afterwards and even if people don't watch those recordings in their entirety to know that you had somebody talking about this subject and they were an important speaker and this was the audience um, and I totally agree. We've got used to that content being recorded. So when you go to an in-person event, you're kind of like, well, oh, I'm not going to be able to watch this afterwards. Yeah. It was a bit, well, I was a bit like that about Clubhouse, to be honest with you. Because I was like, well, where's, what, how, if I can't attend, because well, the thing is, we're also time poor again. And, you know, I don't want to start contradicting what I talk about in terms of mental health and well-being and balance, because there's only so much time that you have in a working week. So I think it's really important to think about some of the things, you know, I think we've literally walked and talked through the whole mind stage process of what's your why, how are you going to go about doing it, whether you're going to do in, like an in-person event or a virtual event, and what are you looking to gain from it. But I think the best advice really is to go and attend. Just go and attend and actually have none of the stress then. You get all of the enjoyment factor. Yeah, and you could even offer to be a partner for some of these events. You touched on the amount of work that's involved in organising an event. And if you can offer some support in some way through your own network, through your own time, then, then probably you're going to get a really positive response. Um, you might end up with more than you bargained for. So you might end up with a bigger job than you actually intended. But hopefully you'll, you'll be getting the rewards too. You'll be getting to be seen as somebody who's important in that space. So it's kind of like, you know, um, you kind of almost shoehorned yourself into a position of influence, but in a valuable way, which helps the other people. Definitely. Well, I think it's been absolutely brilliant. So obviously hope to see you in person at an event sometime soon. And uh, we really appreciate you coming on the Recruited Recruitment Podcast, Louise. It's been uh, absolutely wonderful to have you on. Thank you. Lovely. Thanks ever so much. I'll see you soon. Okay, thank you.